Hey, everyone. It's Russ, and welcome to another episode of Women's Retirement Radio. Uh, today, I am super excited to have uh, a friend and a local realtor on the phone with us. Uh, this is Tara Winslow. Hi, Tara. How are you doing today? Hey, Russ. Thanks for having me. Doing great. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, Tara, you and I have had the benefit of getting to know each other a little bit over the last few years. Um, and we kind of connected, I guess, based on a shared, uh, little shared history, uh, having both mm-hmm. gone to Furman. Um, yeah. But for those that, uh, that don't know you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'm Tara Winslow with Winslow Home Professionals at Keller Williams Peachtree Road in Brookhaven. And I run a residential real estate team. I'm also a graduate of Furman University, where where you went to school, I know. And um, I've been in residential real estate for almost 10 years. Previous to that, I was in corporate America, where I sold technology to middle um, and large size businesses across the state of Georgia, as well as some um, across the the country. So it was an interesting switch, and I have been thoroughly... um, enjoying my time in real estate. And um, yeah, that's where I am right now. Well, and, yeah, and exi- exciting times in, uh, in real estate right now, too, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about here a little bit. Um, sure. What anything, any, was there a specific catalyst or anything that you can reflect on that kind of led you from technology sales into real estate? Or was it just kind of ready for a change of pace or ready to do something different? Yeah, that's a great question. I have always loved real estate, um, looking at properties, negotiating, and I loved negotiating when I was in corporate America contracts. Um, I think ultimately for me, I I was really an entrepreneur and I still am. And um, being able to run my own business the way that I see it running best, um, was a huge change leaving corporate America, but I, I've really enjoyed what I'm what I'm doing and the change that I made. So I have not looked back. Good to you. Well, <laughs> I, I know you're I know you're busy and seem to be thriving. So uh, that's it. Yes. Sounds like it was. It sounds like it was a great move, both personally and professionally. So I'm yeah happy Thank happy you. for you. And I know I know before we hit record, we were talking about you, you've actually got a personal move going on right now. So um, I, I do. Yeah. I appreciate you carving a little time to, uh, to talk to us in the midst of packing boxes and getting things organized to move from one home to the, to, to another. Right. Thank you. And you know, this has been a really great time right now because being in the business, you sometimes forget uh, the process, the nitty gritty process of moving and purchasing a house and and selling your the house that you're currently living in, and it's it's a process, and um, you want to do it right, and it, it it does you know give you bring on some stress, you know. Yeah, I yeah I we, we I haven't done it in a while personally, but I <laughs> I, I remember so uh, yeah I know I know you probably have a dozen things you're juggling right now. Um, right. So tell 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 us something. Um, what's something interesting about you that maybe most people that know you wouldn't be aware of? Okay, um, one of the interesting things is I'm I'm a former athlete and I love to be outside and exercise and get outdoors. 
And I ran my first and only marathon back in 2001. It was the Walt Disney Marathon, which I had heard it was the most fun. (laughs) So I'm thinking if I'm going to run 26.2 miles, then let's at least have some fun doing it. Um, So that was my first and only marathon. I have done half marathons um, and, and it's, you know, what, 20 years ago and it, It really does seem like yesterday as I reminisce right this second, but I got my Mickey ears. They give you Mickey ears, or at least back then they did um, a medal um, when you cross the finish line. And it was an extraordinary feeling of passing that, that finish line when I thought I was not going to get there. (laughs) But um, I don't, I don't really talk about it. It's just so long ago, but a lot of people don't realize that I was, uh, I guess, a marathon runner or, or one-time marathon runner. Wow. That, that, yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. And, and uh, you, you seem pretty clear about your, your once and only, so it doesn't sound like you're itching <laughs> to, uh, to run uh, 26 miles again anytime soon. I am not. It takes a lot of discipline and determination and, you know, for me, it was a pro, you know, process I'm process driven, I guess. And I joined a running group And I met them, you know, you meet them every Saturday morning, rain or shine or sleet, whatever, and you stay on track and, uh, you know, it becomes a priority in your life to get through it. And uh, I don't think I have the dedication for that um, anymore right now with running a business and having a six-year-old. So I just, it's, yeah, it's just probably something I'm not going to do again. And you, and you mentioned that, uh, you were an athlete. So what, what sports uh, did you play in the past? Yeah, I, I grew up playing soccer and tennis and, um, and I love my son just started playing soccer. Well, a couple seasons ago, and uh, it just brings back such great memories um, just being out on the field when I was younger. So I played soccer and tennis really all the way up through high school and some in college. And, um, and then I played Alta tennis in Atlanta probably until my early thirties. So, um, I was, we were at double a, I think double a went to city and that's another, you know, uh, you, when you're disciplined about all that stuff, it takes a lot of time to go play tennis a couple of times a week. So, but that, yeah, those are my main sports. Got it. Well, um, well, thanks for sharing that. So I, I know, uh, I, I know that we already covered the fact that you're, um, a realtor and you run your own residential real estate team there at Keller Williams in Brookhaven. Um, and I, 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 I would be shocked if anybody listening to this isn't familiar with kind of the, the role a realtor plays uh, in residential real estate, but um, giving everyone the benefit of the doubt, why don't, why don't you kind of explain uh, your work um, in, in as simple terms as, as, as possible? Think of it like you're explaining it to a, a five-year-old. And, and, yeah. and maybe, if, maybe if there's anything you do unique that, that you offer or provide unique to your clients that they might not get maybe from another uh, realtor or real estate professional, maybe you can address that as well. Yeah. So my um, how I feel about real estate is I'm a tenacious realtor. And my job is to help my clients build wealth. And I do that through real estate. Um, In simple terms, I handle all residential, which means condos, townhouses, single family homes in town and around the perimeter. And I work with buyers, sellers and investors. Each person that I that becomes a client has their own personal goal. 
And in that discussion, in that initial consultation, we talk about what their goal is. And based on that goal, I meet them where they are and I take them where they want to go, however that it, however that looks for them. Um, one of the things I think that sets me apart is with my corporate America background. Uh, I started in 1995 when I graduated from Furman and um, I learned a lot about sales for over 12 years and how the process works and having a sense of urgency and sense of urgency right now in today's market isn't is it's really a skill and if someone is not skilled in real estate right now it's going to be a tough a tough road for that buyer or seller and i think that that's one of my best advantages that i bring to the table for any of my clients is how i know how to get things done and negotiate on their behalf yeah and i I think you, I think you sort of addressed this um, when you were just kind of explaining what it is you do and how you do it. But uh, what would you say, Tara, is the biggest challenge that you help uh, people address or solve through your work as a realtor? The biggest challenge um, for me, it's about educating my client so that they are comfortable and confident in making decisions on their behalf. And maybe the challenge part is figuring out how much education and information one of my clients needs to make a decision. Some clients um, choose, you know, not to have a lot of information and they move forward and others need even more. And my customizable approach I try to fit towards each client. And so sometimes that may be challenging because I have to feel out and really get uncover what someone is looking to do. And sometimes clients don't necessarily have 100% clarity on the direction they want to go. And that will take a minute for us to kind of help them work that out and figure out what direction they want to go in. So I would say it's more of a complexity than a challenge. It's just it's people are complex in their decision making process. Yeah, but I, I I can see the challenge too because for a lot of a lot of people, um, you know, buying a home is 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 maybe their largest financial transaction that they've ever entered into. Um, um, probably is for for a lot of folks. So I I can I can see that it it being uh, I can see the complexity side and the benefit of your willingness to kind of understand where the client is and where they want to go and and how involved or engaged they want to be in the decision making process. Um, mm-hmm. But I I can also see it being a challenge for a lot of folks too. That that it sounds like you do a wonderful job of of helping to alleviate the the anxiety and the financial concerns that are associated mm-hmm. with, you know, with buying a home. So, um, so I, yeah, definitely. yeah, I think, I think that's great. Um, so you've been, you've been a realtor for a decade plus now. Um, you've worked probably with hundreds upon hundreds of clients over the years. Mm-hmm. What's a, what's a favorite client success story that kind of sticks out in your mind? Um, wow. I like to think they're all success stories. Um, <laughs> of course, of course. And there are some um, stories that stand out a little bit more in my mind. You know, I had this couple 
they are recurring clients of mine, which is in my world, what we always want for someone to want to use us again. And um, I believe they're on maybe their second or third house with me. And all along, the husband had been telling me about his mom really needing to sell her house for a number of reasons. And um, she was retired and was having a hard time maintaining the size of her house and also had gotten herself into some credit card debt. And I could see I had 100% clarity on how I could help her. And, And we helped her build wealth through real estate because once I could finally, it took many conversations, you know, Russ, and it probably was about two years. And then she finally said, okay, Tara, I'm ready to sell my house. Here is all the information. This is where I'm at. And I'm like, wow. So the success was we were able to downsize her from her current house, purchase, so pay off her loan, pay off her $40,000 in credit card debt, put her in a new a new home in a 55 plus community and she owned the home free and clear and she also was able to put a little over $40,000 in her bank account and she had grandchildren and i was just so excited for her because i'm thinking you went from not having any money for your grandchildren to now you have a little bit if you wanted to pass on to them just from doing what she did. And she took control and it took a lot of bravery. She was doing this on her own. Her family was with her and so was I, but I knew it was a big deal for her to make that move. And to me, it that is one of my huge success stories. And um, it was it was a lot. It was a lot for her and it was a long process. And I'm I'm very happy for her because she helped herself and now she's in a much better situation financially. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, what a great, what a great story. And, and I imagine not just in a better situation financially, but also emotionally and mentally and yes. just not having the, the, the mortgage and the credit yes. card debt hanging over her head. I mean, what a, yeah, what a fantastic outcome for, for her. And I, and something that really sticks out at me is I think a lot of people um, mistakenly uh, assume uh, working re- with a realtor is very transactional. Like it's, we, mm-hmm. we, we, we start a dialogue, we find yeah. a home or whatever we sell it and that's it. But I mean, in this, in this instance, you said that process took two years. I think you said it did. It did from the beginning, from when I met with her, cause her son really was urging her and, you know, that's where you have to meet people with where they are you know, for whatever reason, she wasn't ready to do it yet. And then it took her that long in the process. And, you know, even when buyers are beginning their search, a lot of them start on the internet and they start kind of casually looking and a year goes by and they're starting to think, you know what, I think I really want to buy something or I really want to move into something new or whatever it is. And it, it doesn't happen overnight. It does take people time to kind of make decisions um, you know, everyone's time frame is a little bit different, but yeah, it was it was a pretty amazing process. I thought. Well, and and again, I I, I agree. It, it it does take time. You have to kind of meet them where they are. But but again, when you add the financial component, um, and it can be a significant financial decision for 
for most, yeah. if not all, all people. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, cl- clearly it, it's not something you need to go into too quickly or, or too lightly. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. You were willing to willing and able to kind of hold her hand and walk her through the process and get her to a point where she was comfortable making, making a decision that, that put it, you know, put her in a much better, much, much better place. Right. And you know what I did want to, I, you mentioned transactional and that is such a great uh, question that you mentioned. And my business, um, I, I, my intention is for my, this not to be transactional. It's about um, becoming friends with people and, you know, I'm in their life, right? I mean, I am in their life for a process, for a time, a season, and you end up learning so much about them. And so for me, I don't really look at it as a transaction. Um, matter of fact, I don't, I don't look at that at, at all. Um, and, and, you know, occasionally sometimes people just want it to be a transaction and that's, that's okay. If that's, you know, what they want to do and that's fine too, but it's not for me. Right. Well, and, and, uh, that, that actually is a beautiful segue into my next question. Um, what, what's a, what's a common misconception about your work that, um, <laughs> that you'd like to address? And, and maybe it's kind of this, it's not as, it's not as transactional as, as many people think, but maybe, maybe there's something else. What, what's, what's something that maybe people, um, don't quite yeah. understand or, or often ha- have a misconception around, um, mm-hmm. related to the work you do and the value that you bring to the table? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. And thanks for asking it to me. Um, what comes to mind is, I think there might be some, um, thinking out there that all we have to do or all we do is put a sign in the yard and sell a house and go to closing. And I always hear people wanting to jump into real estate. And to me, it's just not like that. It's a business. I mean, I'm running a business. I have people that work for me and I, I run a profit and loss and I send all my info to my CPA and it's when someone hires me, it's not a, it's the least thing is putting a sign in the yard. It, you know, it goes back to that whole goals and consultation and what are we looking to do? And let me tell you about the process and the inspection will be coming up. And let me tell you about the market today and the complexity that I have never seen the complexity of offers in today's market in the nine and a half years that I've been doing this. Um when you hire a really great agent, they are doing a lot of things on your behalf and in tandem with you and talking you through it. And what is the best offer to take today? So to me, I I guess that's just the misnomer is to put a sign in the yard and we're done with our job and that's far, far from it. And on those lines, have you, have you found that, that, have you found that some of your clients are actually surprised by the leveling of engagement and and the totality of what you do? I've got to imagine that if, if someone says, uh, like, if I if I said to my uh, neighbor, uh, "Hey, you should you should reach out to Tara if you're considering, you know, a real estate transaction," um, and they might have, you know, share some of those same misconceptions. Are, are your clients ever kind of like really shocked? Like, I didn't know it was this involved. Yes, they are, and they. I have several people tell me I can never do what you do, and I can never do this job, and and it's intense, and it's. 
right now with the market and and it is a seller's market and it's an intense market right now and many you know many of my clients feel like they're kind of married to me in some way and then you know then we get separated when we're at closing because you know what you don't have to talk to me every day <laughs> so, right. but um you know I say that jokingly but um it, you know sometimes we don't talk every day but yeah I think that they're very surprised and I think that my clients uh, who do business with me are a hundred percent confident when we go to closing, they know exactly what's going on. And that's how I want them to feel. And I want them to walk away knowing that either one, we got them the most money or whatever the goal was that we needed to get for them. They are crystal clear that we did. So, uh, you know, it goes back to education for me. Yeah. Well, I, I hear you describe the the holistic nature of everything you do for your clients. I'm I'm not shocked to hear that maybe they're often surprised at, at everything you do for them um, and helping them with their real estate. Um, but let me flip that around the other way. What's, what's surprised you most about your work in real estate? Wow. That's a great question. You know, I think Russ, as I was thinking about some of this last night um, in preparation, you know, pivoting, you, you know, it's kind of overused word. Uh, many businesses, small businesses, entrepreneurs like ourselves had to pivot last year with COVID and what was going on and how could we um, adjust and adjust with our clients and help them through this, you know, pandemic while purchasing and selling real estate. So you had to do a pivot there really quickly. And then we're we're doing everything's kind of status quo. And then all of a sudden, January, February this year comes about and we're in this gigantic seller's market. It's been a seller's market, right? And then it just exploded into this new level. And I had to pivot and and get ready and do it differently again because I had to adjust and I had to let my clients know how we are having to adjust to the market. And you're adjusting different ways. Depends if you're the buyer or if you're the seller. Um, so I, that's been a, the, the surprise this year is that is what's, you know, that it's exploded and, uh, and we make changes and we adjust so that we can best represent our clients. Yeah, definitely not business as usual these days, huh? <laughs> not business as usual. Yeah, well, so, so maybe uh, maybe take just a moment and share kind of your thoughts about the market. And I'm not looking for any kind of prediction or prognostication, but clearly the market is is kind of going gangbusters, especially for those that are interested in selling. Um, yeah. But but of course, the flip side of that is if you sell, you have to turn around and buy, and you're probably buying at inflated prices. So uh, what? Just maybe kind of share okay. your thoughts about the market yeah. and and maybe what's driving this and and is there is there something out in the future that that maybe has to happen for things to kind of maybe settle back down or kind of you know blow you know some steam blows out of this market or is this kind of the new normal for the foreseeable future? Yeah, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I have a couple thoughts and those all of those are kind of great questions packed together. Um, so I will say jokingly that I have never had a client go homeless. Okay. So if we're selling their house, I, um, I do a, another piece of legwork that I do when you're my buyer client is searching and calling and looking for a property that's not currently on the market, which most 
people don't even think that a realtor would do that. And a lot of them don't. And I think it's just my cold calling background from corporate America. But we got to find a place, a new house and locate one, right, for my selling clients. And so that's one thing um, that I do every day. Matter of fact, it's on my calendar and time block to make those phone calls to find an unlisted property for one of my sellers selling their house. Um, Another comment that I have is I will use myself as an example. I know without a doubt today's market right now is the best time for anyone considering selling their house to do so now. I know it. And I know it so much as we even started the phone call. Um, I purchased my own house. Um, I closed on my own house back in um, April. And um, do I think that I bought it at the high and that we're going to experience the turbulence we experienced back in 2008 and 2009? So it's a completely different set of uh, variables that are going on in today's world that were not going on back then, which was the inflation of the mortgages and um, more of the lending process that had a major breakdown. And that's what happened. We're no, and this isn't my crystal ball. This is just economists, um, uh, you know, national and international economists that this market is not looking like it's going to settle down. Um, So from my perspective, I have um, a new house and I also have a low interest rate. So um, to me, it kind of offset. Additionally, Russ, this is what I I think. Um, I personally, I was in multiple offers. I know how to win multiple offers. I won it for myself. Um, I I personally paid a lot over list price. And in my mind, like I tell my sellers or my buyers, you got to be comfortable with what your offer is going to be. And you're going to have to be okay if it doesn't appraise. And that means you're going to bring extra money to the table. And this is all in the consultation, right? Set the stage before we get there so they can think about this and make the best decision for themselves. And you know what? I ended up getting my own house appraised um, at the high price that I got it at. And I will consider, I know that it will continue to go up in price. I mean, they're they're expecting millions of people to move into into Atlanta over the next five years. The inventory is still really low um, and people have to find housing. So I feel really good about my decision and I support uh, my decision based on this is how I educate my clients, too. So I I took my own advice on that. Well, yeah, I think it's great that you can um, speak not just experientially as a realtor working with clients, but, you know, having just gone through the process in the midst of this, you know, yeah. for lack of a better word, kind of crazy real estate market. So um, I, I appreciate that perspective. I think that's that's helpful. Um, yeah. So, so Tara, when you have clients, whether they're sellers or buyers or, or even investors, um, I've got to imagine this doesn't happen often. But um, in the in the event that someone um, elects not to take your advice or or to, um, to kind of go a different route, um, what what would you say prevents people from 
kind of following your advice or relying on your expertise um, when dealing with real estate? How do I handle if they if they don't if they choose to maybe um, kind of go it their their own way? Not not how you handle it. I'm just I'm wondering like if you could get inside a client's mind that has that has said, "Hey, Tara, I understand what you're telling me, but I think I should do this," or I, uh-huh. I know you're telling me to offer list plus fifteen percent, but I think <laughs> I should offer you know list plus or minus X. Like if you could get into those people's minds, um, what do you think maybe prevents them from accepting your advice or thinking they know better or wh- whatever the case may be? I, I, that's kind of yeah. what I'm. That's kind of what I'm wondering. Yeah, I mean, you know, asking your buyer to put in an offer fifty five thousand dollars over list price. And and quite frankly, I've heard, and I, this is, I have not had this experience, but I'm in some masterminds, you know, some people at the over a million people are putting in over a hundred thousand dollars higher than sales list price. So it's a lot of money and, and I get it. Um, I get it. And part of the consultation um, that I have is let's talk about what we need to ex- expect you to consider doing, putting in an offer. And this, again, is upfront before we start really showing houses, because if someone says, you know, Tara, I'm not comfortable putting in anything more than sales price, you know, I think that that's really great that they know themselves so well, and this may not be the best time for them to purchase a house and get into the real estate market because it, I mean the the last statistic that came out in April for the Atlanta market is that sales price was seven to ten percent over the list price on average. So um, and sometimes Russ people you know may not believe you have to go a certain amount that high. And um you really have to help them get clarity. You know, does that mean you want to try it once and really see, or um, do you think that maybe this isn't the best time or maybe you're just ready to go for it. And it's different. There's a spectrum of answers there. And, and that's something that I can help people flush out. Yeah. I think also showing them, I have statistics quarterly and monthly statistics it's kind of boring to look at for people who don't like numbers, um, but it gives you the statistics of what the market is doing at a granular level. And sometimes when people say, oh, wow, you know, I see that one 115% over list price. Sometimes people just have to see that that data and, and then they're okay with it. Right. right. And I, Hearing you explain that, I also wonder if it's um, if it's really just if it's also potentially the need to reset expectations. Like, uh, let's say somebody says comes to you and says, you know, "Tara, I want to buy a house and my budget's five hundred thousand dollars," but you know that uh, houses are going seven to ten percent above that. Mm-hmm. So, so ten percent is five fifty. So maybe they actually need to lower their budget to four fifty to allow them to, you know. Uh, bid up a little bit higher above asking if, if, you know, if they're willing to. So uh, that is so perfect. That's exactly the advice uh, that I would give my client. If their budget's 500,000, 
we can't look at the top of 500,000, they're probably going to love the house that's listed at 499, but it's not going to, it's going to sell higher. So to stay within someone's budget, which is important to me because they're telling me that's important to them. And this is again, done up front. We already know they've been pre-qualified and we know what they're comfortable with spending, then we'll base what they're comfortable spending on and we'll lower that sales price. And a lot of times there's a little bit of a, you know, a, um, a sticker shock if someone has to go down to 450 when they really want to be at 500. But the only way really to play the game is you're going to have to go in at 450 and, and then use that extra money for the escalation in your offer. Yeah, price escalation. I, yeah, I, I just, I, we could probably actually dive pretty deep down this rabbit hole, but I think the whole psychology and decision-making around, um, around financial matters, um, uh, a, a primary home being a, a, you know, a great example is just fascinating. Like, um, because, yeah. you know, it's not it, clearly the money's a, a, a key component, but it's not the only component. I mean, I, I think, um, I think there's uh, there's elements of of uh, ego, uh, like you know, I want to be in a house that I'd be proud to have my family and friends come visit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to be in you know the 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 right or the best school dr- district for my children if they're you know public schools, things like that. So I, I think there's just a yeah, uh, and and you clearly know this better than I do when it comes to real estate. But I, I just I, I think it's fascinating to think about all of the. Um, elements that go into making a, a real estate decision. Um, because yeah. I see, I see some of those similar elements come yeah. to the surface all the time when I'm working with my clients doing financial planning and investment management, things like that. So, um, yeah. yeah, I just find it fascinating. And I think it's, I think my clients are doing a great job when they're talking to you as their wealth advisor about, you know, letting you know, first off, hey, I'm looking to sell, I'm going to buy a new house. And can we talk about budget? And can we look at my portfolio prior to me doing that? And I think, I think your position and job function is as important as the mortgage lender. And um, you're right about a lot of different factors that go in to one making a decision. And to me, I always start with the money, because as long as someone's comfortable with their finances, then the other pieces start to fall in line. But the the price will essentially dictate the location and area, particularly right now. So I I think it's great when your clients go to you first and let you know what you're planning on, what they're planning on doing, and you can help them from the financial and and see things that that I'm not going to see as clearly as you are, because that's what you do for a living, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that, but uh, yeah, I just, I just think it's uh, I think about considering all the facets to go into, you know, any financial decision, but, but certainly one as big as a, as a home. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's just uh, endlessly um, interesting um, to, to think about and to discuss. Um, if, so let's say, Tara, let's say uh, we both went to Furman. Let's say a uh, a Furman student, uh, let's say a, a, a junior or a senior at Furman, um, approached mm-hmm. you and said, "Hey, Tara, um, you know, I've, I've heard uh, I've heard a little bit about you know what you do, and, and I'm very interested in real estate. Um, 
and they're they're interested in getting into real estate, whether that's being a realtor or you know on the finance side or something else mm-hmm. along those lines. What what advice or guidance would you give to uh, maybe a student that's interested in learning more or p- potentially pursuing a career in real estate? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fantastic, and um, I do I do have conversations with uh, Furman <laughs> uh, alumni and those graduates. Um, so I'm actually doing that these days. And I think it's great to get in at an early age. I got in at maybe the middle part of my career. So um, would I would I do it again and at an earlier age? Yeah, um, I was a little nervous um, about making that transition from corporate to entrepreneurship. And if they're already knowing that they are an entrepreneur and want to do a small business. I think it's fantastic to start when you're that young because that's the time to kind of go go at it. And you know, if you make mistakes, it's okay, and um, it's a great way to grow. So I'm I'm all for it. I'm I'm always into speaking to younger. Um, I mean, not just at Furman in in the Atlanta area and helping them with any career path or um, wanting to have a discussion about a career path. I think that's fantastic. They're doing they're doing a great service to themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I always um, I'm always interested to kind of hear people's thoughts on on that question. Um, I guess it's kind of an indirect way of also saying, like, if you knew then what you know now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and, and it sounds, and it sounds like you would have jumped in with both feet, um, earlier if, if you maybe had the opportunity to do it over again. So I think, I think that's, I don't think there's any more of a ringing endorsement that you can give for, for your, uh, your chosen, uh, chosen work than that. So that's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, Tara, when you, um, you know, so this is women's retirement radio, um, virtually everything I do revolves around retirement for women and their families. Um, when you think of the word retirement, um, personally, what, what comes to mind for you? Arizona comes to mind for me. Um, when let's see, <laughs> my son is six. So I had my son a little bit later in life and, um, he'll be going, well, we got another 14, well, maybe a little bit less than that, but yeah, I mean, I, for me personally, Russ, I have been planning for retirement, I didn't really realize I was planning for retirement when I started my first job at the Coca-Cola company um, eons ago. However, I, over the years, as you even know better than I do, everything kind of compounds your, your um, finances compound. And um, over the past 10 years, I've been really focused on my retirement and what I'm going to do. And this is, this is how I see things. So if my son chooses, he'll go to college. And I'll head to Arizona. I love that weather. And I will still be working probably as a business coach in real estate and running my real estate team. And at the same time, I'll be doing it knowing that I don't really have to if I don't want to. You know, I mean, to me, that's the best of retirement. Continue to work, helping others, grow others. And you and you really don't have to worry about any of the finance finances or financials coming in. Yeah. If you don't want to. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, it sounds like another way to think of what you just described is kind of like work optional, which, um, yes. which I think a lot of people love that idea where 
Um, they can continue to work if they want to, or maybe they can pursue something that they find maybe more fulfilling than what they're doing right now. But it, it's, it's purely on a, if I want to basis, um, yeah. which I think is great. So, so something you said, so if, if you did relocate to Arizona um, when your son's maybe getting ready to potentially go to college, did you say that you anticipate continuing to manage your local real estate team from Arizona? Well, at that point, I would like to have someone take over the position of running the team where I can be remote and I have a really great person who is running Winslow Home Professionals and um, Keller Williams, um, where I reside, is all over and I could possibly go into some position over in Arizona you know, I think the sky's the limit on that piece of it. But my hometown is here in Atlanta, Russ. I grew up here and um, I'd like to still have a, you know, a good, a good uh, stronghold here in Atlanta because it's, you know, I grew up here. So it's important. The city, I love the city. I mean, I love the city. Yeah. I, yeah. I was just, um, I was just curious. Like, I didn't know if with technology and I don't, I'm not familiar with like, real estate regulations and who can practice as a realtor where, and you know, if that's yeah. jurisdictional or whatever, I just didn't know if you would mm-hmm. have the option to continue to be plugged into and work with your current Keller Williams team, even if you're on the other side of the country. And it sounds like, yeah. it sounds like you could and mm-hmm. maybe in a reduced capacity. Right. And you can get your license. So, you know, you continue to keep your license current in, in the state that you reside. And if you move to a different state, then you can get your license and study for the exam in that state uh, that you move to. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Interesting. Well, it sounds sounds like you've got a pretty clear picture of where you're heading for retirement. And I, going back to your earlier comments around the value of clarity and understanding what a you know what a buyer or seller is looking to get out of a real estate transaction. I think I think clarity is is really key, perhaps above all else, and. I think the the clarity that you have around your own retirement, you know, ideas around retirement, I think is, is, is really refreshing. So um, thank you. Yeah. I think that's, that from sounds, you the expert. <laughs> so well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, that sounds, it sounds, sounds pretty exciting. So, um, so uh, kind of along the continuing on the retirement theme. So in yeah. your opinion and from your perspective, what's, what's one of the biggest challenges women face uh, in particular when they're planning for uh, retirement? Some of the, I guess, probably the biggest thing that I see um, when I work with women in real estate is they don't realize their brilliance and their capacity to take on their retirement themselves. And really, and I'm not saying all women at all, and I don't mean that, um, I just I think that everyone has the capacity to take themselves where they want to go in their retirement. And I, I, I look to empower anybody who, who wants to be shown the way or put on the path or needing support or whatever they need to do that. So I, I like to be one of those women who help women. Well, and, and, and kind of part B of the same question. So how, how, how do you see your work in real estate uh, impacting women and their families as, as they kind of look ahead or plan to make the transition into retirement? And I think you've kind of already addressed it um, 
in some manner, but I'd, I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on that. Well, I think that it goes back to building wealth in real estate and um, you're, someone is building wealth when they purchase real estate and they, they're building wealth if they choose to sell it too, and they can put it in other places. Um, so I think that that's one thing. Um, I think from the whole financial uh, point of view, I, I think that there's a lot of different avenues someone can go down in the real estate market, including investing. Uh, I have investors right now who continue to purchase properties uh, for long-term gain, and their rent, the rental market is huge, and we haven't even touched on that, but goodness. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different avenues for women and their families to build wealth, and you can do it pretty quickly in real estate. So it, it doesn't have to be thinking, oh, it's going to take me 10 years to get to XYZ in terms of wealth. I mean, you can do that today. And that's the, that's the real benefit and motivation, right? You could start today and build wealth for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think that's great. And I think that, again, um, real estate's clearly not my forte, but it is yours. And I think that uh, I think that's opens up another interesting avenue for women or their families to consider as they're kind of looking at their not just their retirement plan, but kind of their overall financial plan and decision making. So um, mm-hmm. I think that's a, I think that's a great perspective, and I think that hopefully will kind of hope uh, help open some of our listeners' minds to the choices and options they have as they're looking to plan for their own their own futures. Um, yeah. Yes. Excellent. So Tara, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying I, I am in agreement with you that that's excellent. Yeah. So you know, right now you've got a. a a real estate team that you're running, um, busy with that. You've got a, a six-year-old son, uh, and and on top of everything else, you're moving right now, literally right now. Um, but let's let's step back and imagine imagine that you've got an hour or two all to yourself. Um, and I'm not sure um, how often that happens, if at all. But um, if you if you had an hour or two all to yourself, how do, how do you most enjoy spending kind of your your time when you've got the time? My time, that that hour or two, will be at the spa. And if it has to be a local spa, it, it will be natural body. And I will go get my massage, my 90-minute massage and pedicure. If I can manage to eke out a weekend, it will be one of my favorite spas in Arizona, in Scottsdale, which is, uh, I just love being there. Um, so that that's how I relax and or or at the pool under the sun with a bunch of sunscreen on, but near the pool in the sun. That is Got the it. way I like to relax. Well, that that sounds like uh, that sounds like <laughs> the, the way to relax. So that's yeah, that's that's nice. Um, as we start to wrap up our conversation today, Tara, if there were just one thing that our listeners could take away from our discussion today. What would you want that one thing to be? Yeah. The one thing would be if you're considering selling and wanting to take advantage of the market and you have some um, concerns or questions, or you're not sure the path that you would take, reach out to me. We can do a consultation over the phone just to help you flush it out. And it may be that that is for you to stay where you are. And that may be the best decision, but just to have a concert, uh, con, um, con, uh, conversation, excuse me, a conversation instead of kind of swirling it around in your head 
just reach out and we can we can set that up and that will help help you. Well, I, I think that's a I think that's a super generous offer. And with that in mind, um, what let's say someone does want to reach out, Tara, and, and have a conversation. What's the best way for people to get in touch or learn more about you and your team and your services? Yeah, I'm online at Winslow Home Professionals, uh, TaraWinslowHomes.com. I'm in LinkedIn, I'm in uh, Facebook, Instagram, or you can email me at Tara.Winslow at KW.com and it will come right to me and we can set up some time from there. Great. And we'll we'll be sure to include all of uh, Tara's links and websites into the show notes so people can... Uh, have that at hand if they do, do want to reach out. Um, Tara, this has been fun. I, I always enjoy our conversations. Um, and likewise, and thanks for us. Yeah. I think this has been super or will be super illuminating for our, our listeners. So I, I appreciate your willingness to, to jump on uh, and, and do this podcast with me in the midst of uh, moving and packing boxes and, and everything that you've got going on right now, before we uh, wrap it up, anything else you want to add, anything else you want to touch on that maybe we didn't, we, we didn't address. I just wanted to thank you again and, and thank you to who is listening out there. And I'm happy to be of service and just have a conversation. And I wish everyone well um, in the summertime months too. Should be a fun summer with some of the changes going on in, in our world right now. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's uh, let's certainly hope so. Well, um, thanks again, Tara. This has been great. Um, and thanks everyone out there for listening. Um, again, this is uh, Russ Thornton, Women's Retirement Radio, uh, and uh, look forward to catching up with you on our next episode. It's Russ again. And before you go, I want to provide a brief disclosure. You should consult a financial advisor familiar with the specific circumstances of your unique financial situation before making any financial decisions. Nothing in this broadcast constitutes a solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities. Any mentioned rates of return are historical or hypothetical in nature and are not a guarantee of future returns. I'm a financial advisor and an investment advisor representative of Wealthcare Capital Management, LLC an SEC-registered investment advisor based in Richmond, Virginia. The views discussed in this podcast are my own and may not be consistent with or represent those of Wealthcare Capital Management.